Enjoy part one of the girlfriend chat. I knew you would. I knew you would. Dr. Rimmel is so dynamic and she is not only a brilliant surgeon, but she's such a great girl to talk to, a great woman to talk to. So here's part two. We're going to get right into it. Pick off right where we left off. Don't forget to take a moment and share this podcast. Make sure you are Instagramming about it, tweeting about it. Um, and getting the word out there. We have some super exciting episodes coming up, but first let's finish off the girlfriend chat with Dr. Ruth Arumala. And you know, my mom used to tell me when I was a kid, she's like, hmm, this girl, you're like a chameleon or one place you'll be acting super Nigerian. Then another place you'll be acting like a ratchet person. Then one place you'll be acting like you're really super sick. It's called code switching. And I said to her, Mom, I think this is my superpower. What kind of superpower is that? But mm. truthfully, I think that is my superpower because I can be in a board meeting and give use all yes. the jumps they want me to say. And then I'll be in the OR and I will communicate with you using proper Greek or Latin based terms. And then I will go and kick it with my homegirl. And my homegirls, and none of them, and that, I mean, some of them are, but some of them aren't right? Mm-hmm. I don't, my home, I don't choose people based on their occupation or their socioeconomic status. My friends and I are, we just come together. Our spirits align and that's what it is. It is what it yeah. is. You know, I have yeah. friends that I borrow money to. I have friends who borrow me money because I got <laughs> friends that are billionaires. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, and I'm talking billion with a B. And mm-hmm. so, you know, it is different when you, when you have that type of thing that you learn how to communicate with you know different people and you learn how to speak to patients and I think that's actually what has made me speak to patients so my my goal is health literacy Mm. I want you to know why you're bleeding I want you to know why putting water in your vagina is not going to make an infection it makes sense something smells wash it away I want mm-hmm. you to know why that will never happen, why you're going to make it yep. worse and you're going to keep going in and out and in and out and in and out. I want to explain to you why Yoni Pearls would never be the way to go. Talk about lifetime. it. Not now, Tell the girls forever. because they, they they coming from me on IG when I tell they them They need the to Yoni be unshackled pearls. from the Yoni Pearls. <laughs> Break the shackles. Because they come for me when I say stop putting it in your vagina. It's not stop resetting it. your PA. Stop, stop it. it. <laughs> And so whenever I talk to my patients, mm-hmm. I'm talking about my patients, what? I have that. Yes, ma'am. You have a vulvar. It's a labia minora and labia majora. Yes. Put out your, like, they're like, I have what? I just thought it was all of the mm-hmm. vagina. All yeah. Uh-huh. Well, we uh-huh. talk about it because I want you to know, I want you to be an expert in your body so that if somebody else is telling you nonsense, because that's the only way I feel at this time, we can effectively combat unconscious conscious 
individual and systematic racism when it comes to taking care of black women. I think yeah. education, that's what my thought is. That's yeah. my weapon. The more you know about your body, the more you're gonna know when something is off. The yeah. more you're gonna learn how to communicate effectively to a physician, the better you can communicate to a physician. The yeah. more that you know you have the choice to do a second opinion and a third opinion and a fourth opinion, the more you have the tools to make sure that you're well taken care of. So that is my goal. I want, I thank God, I thank God, I thank God I, I'm growing up and I'm living growing up, I'm 36, growing up in and living in a social media era where my voice can be amplified to people that I never meet. Yeah. yeah. And I'm happy about that because I, can, I've, I have women who told me, you know, I went to see my doctor. I went in, I had my three months of my, um, my periods already mapped out. I had my, the reasons why I was there written down. When I had a conversation, I've never had a more organized conversation with my gynecologist before. And by the time I left there, we both had an understanding. That I, they knew what I knew, I knew what they knew. And mm -hmm. I know that I need a different doctor or I know that this is the doctor for me. Exactly. And that is my joy in life. I love it, I love it. And I think it's, it's a gift too, you know, like you said, it's a gift to be able to have that discernment with patients, to be able to connect with people that are, don't even look like you. Because I think that's something that I see that a lot of, and I can speak to even a lot of black female clinicians, physicians who are in healthcare is that we, we know, we typically know how to connect to other cultures, even though other cultures may not necessarily connect well to us. But I think it's a gift of our culture. I think if we can, if we can do that for ourselves, we do it really beautifully for others. And so speaking of doing things beautifully, just because I really need the people to like know what you're up to, just because I'm going to keep screaming it to the mountaintops. I'm so freaking proud about, of you about this. But what are you doing in Seattle in a colder climate? Because you know, you told me that you weren't going to go to the cold. But I know the only thing it's that rainy. It's not that the cold. It's just cold, rainy. <laughs> rainy is it's like Potaco all over again. Oh but, my God. Um, <laughs> so so what, um, what, what are you up to now? And what's the I'm future in Bellevue, like for you? Washington. I am doing a dual accredited fellowship. And a fellowship is where you subspecialize as a physician. Mm -hmm. You spend extra time gaining extra experience. And so I'm doing facial and general cosmetic surgery, which means that I can do a nose job called a rhinoplasty. I can do a facelift. I can do a breast augmentation, which is what mm. we just say implants or a breast lift, a massopexy mm -hmm. or breast reduction. I can do tummy tuck, BBLs, fat transfer to the glutes. I can do, I just did a tummy tuck this morning. Um, yesterday I did a facelift. Yesterday I did brachioplasty, which is the removal of extra skin on the arms. And I am, I have done over 430 cases and I've been here for six, almost seven months now. And Amazing. it's just a nonstop working, learning artistry. And my goal is to, you know, not only learn techniques that preserve the skin integrity of a black person everywhere from, um, and I shouldn't just say black people, but people that have melanin in our skin, we have, yeah. we have very different skin. Now, my prior profession, which I'm going to extend a little bit, um, I operated in the pelvis, deep in the pelvis. Now I mm. operate skin deep. Everything that you do in cosmetic surgery is skin deep. The lowest you're going to go is to the muscle um, mm -hmm. to do plications for diastasis or 
That means over sewing or sewing together the separation of the rectus abdominis or the muscle in the midline, which happens during pregnancy, poofs out a little right, bit, which gives right. you more of a round shape. And most people want more of an hourglass shape. So mm -hmm. that's tightening and giving you an internal corset. But in any event, um, what had that has what happens is that the dermis or sorry, the um, subcutaneous tissue, that is the tissue that holds fat for mm -hmm. black people and Hispanic people, melanated people has more structure than that mm. of Caucasians. And so it has a lot more fibers in there. And in addition, the skin of a black person tends to overreact yes. when you it's injured. It, it doesn't know how to rebuild scar easily. Mm -hmm. What it does is it rebuilds scar and scar and scar and scar and scar. You can, you see that we either call it a hypertrophic scar, a keloid. Or a keloid. Most people know what yeah. keloids are. Mm -hmm. And so my research interest, my interest is making scars more beautiful for black people, particularly mm -hmm. dealing with keloids. And so mm -hmm. that's what I love to do is so that we are represented in the literature. I'm also interested in the differences and what black women really want from their surgeons in terms of the shape that our culture celebrates the um we shouldn't all be getting the you know the the results that we don't necessarily desire because yeah. it's not part of our culture our culture is very diverse but there are some you know threads that line across the, the culture you know there's an aesthetic that we like you know, yeah. a lot of us sometimes, you know, people are unsatisfied with the way their noses look. Mm -hmm. They want their noses to be more narrow and more um, pointed. And so there are ways to do that without it being a Caucasian nose, because that is yeah. not the desire of most people that want mm -hmm. a nose job. What they want is for their nose to be more defined, but not a not so far away from them from their original nose. Yeah. And so these are the things that I'm not necessarily interested in just rhinoplasty, but you know, body contouring, we like different things. Most of yeah. the time, black women want your butt to be higher than white women want your butt, their butts yeah. to be. And so I want us to be, I want the, I want my research and my contributions to the profession to be, you know, more culturally aligned signals mm -hmm. to physicians to understand what what the patient is saying to the physician exactly. most of my my career has been explaining what the physician want what the physician is saying to the patient but now mm -hmm. i think i'm going to start being more full circle particularly in cosmetic surgery to explain what the patient wants to the physician and it. so it's kind of a very you know collaborative thing do i think that um, you know, I used to have a more harsher tone with medicine. I used to say, you know, medicine, you know, is super racist, blah, blah, blah. And I think that there is a lot of evidence there. However, um, I have put it in more, I'm not as um, I would say aggressive in the way I think mm -hmm. about it anymore, mm -hmm. because I've put it into context of the culture with which medicine yeah, has yeah, been in, yeah, right? Yeah, like, yeah. that's why I know a little bit more about history because I've tried to explain, I've tried to match up medicine to history and a yeah. lot 
has to do with that. And I think medicine is going to be involved as we have more women and more people that are not monolithic. We're Mm -hmm. able to now think about patients differently. Yes. You know, the body hasn't changed much, but we can deliver the interventions differently. We Mm -hmm. can talk about the interventions differently. We don't, we can continue to innovate, but this is the new frontier is how do we deliver medicine and surgeries in a more minimally invasive way that we're not disrupting the tissue as much. The patient understands what's going on. They have simulations that they can explain using artificial intelligence and other things where we can use technology to be better physicians, to be better healers, to be better interventionists, and to be better better listeners to our patients. Absolutely, 100%. And I think you summarized it very well. It's like, I just want people to know, like, obviously people have their reasons for pursuing cosmetic surgery, right? People may have more structural issues, functional issues, or just aesthetic. And there's nothing wrong with that because I think the more we realize that there are, they're starting, there's, there's people like the Dr. Rumeliz in the world who are, who want to, who want to do your surgery with cultural competence, who understand your healing process. It gives you the confidence to say, hello, I'm not just going to hop on a plane to Columbia and get my BBL. I think I'm willing to take a chance on American medicine because I know how we are. You know, sometimes we get a little nervous because we've seen so many botched stories, right? We've seen so many people who have gotten surgery and that they don't even look like themselves anymore. They don't even look like their ethnicity anymore. And it almost robs them of the beauty of that transformation and that you know, that, 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 um, that overall body image. So I think I'm really, I'm really proud of you. I'll say for taking the leap of faith. And if you're listening to this, don't be shy. I know y'all going to be in her DMS asking when she's going to start search. Don't be shy. It's okay. I won't tell. (laughs) I won't tell on you. (laughs) So I actually kind of want to share my philosophy about cosmetic surgery. You know, yeah. Um, everybody asks me like now everybody, it used to be, everybody's asking me like, do I have fibroids? Do my fibroids, what what do I do about my fibroids? What does the MRI look like? Mm -hmm. Now everyone is sending me pictures. Like, did she get work done? Did she get work done? So so messy. Look at that asking you. I knew it. She got work done. So it almost lowers her value. And that's one of the things that I don't agree with. Right. I don't. Cosmetic surgery has, can be used in many ways. Mm-hmm. my philosophy on cosmetic surgery is I want to reveal to the world what you see in your mind's eye. A lot of people walk around in shells of bodies that they don't like. They mm-hmm. don't see themselves like that, but they know they're so uncomfortable because what they, wow. where they think they should be and where they should be. And so a lot of people just say, why don't you just go to the gym? Why don't you just eat better? That's why are you taking a shortcut? Most mm-hmm. of the people that come for cosmetic surgery, at least in the practice that I work in, which does has a very similar philosophy as me, they have dieted. They have worked out till yeah. they are they're blue in the face. Some of them are actually malnourished. That's why they look like that. They're protein mm-hmm. malnutrition because because you're eating 1200 calories a day, your body can actually increase cortisol levels they're doing and the lori harvey diet girl you know that's what she told them to do that's what lori harvey told them and the calorie deficiency <laughs> and i would i don't know this for a fact but i would be completely in shock 
if mm-hmm. Lori have, Harvey did not have liposuction. I would be oh, yeah. really in shock 100%. because yep. if lay people are doing this, you can't tell me. Now that's not to say she's not on 1200 the calorie diet and that's does to say that she's not working out twice a day she is also 20 something years old yeah like she's in her a lot 20s. of people are and you trying to do the diet and you 45 sis what is this <laughs> you can't hardly you can't hardly make it to work your kids are carrying you upstairs instead of you carrying them <laughs> can you imagine so so if I had. the truth of the matter is that's why i am in a situation mm. where i am you know i'm building and this is coming a little later than I would like, but it's I'm building a comprehensive women's health, wellness, and beauty. You come to me, we can get your your you right under the surface. But there's so much more, right? If there's fat underneath your muscle, where your your intestines and your stomach and your uterus, all of that is called your viscera. If it's mm-hmm. there, that's actually more harmful than the fat underneath your skin. See, our minds, why do, why do we like people that are leaner? And why do we think they're more attractive? Especially, even if they're big all the way around, why does a tiny waist, why is that attractive to the human eye? It's attractive because it portends health. Hmm. So the smaller your waist are, because when fat is around these organs, that is harmful fat. So yeah. when you don't know this, but you're looking at people and when you see them, you think they're more attractive when they have a smaller waist because mm-hmm. you're, they actually are telling you I'm healthy. Mm-hmm. I can bear your children. Mm-hmm. I can give you spam that can swim <laughs> very well and will yeah. survive. Yeah, That's yeah. literally at what on the basis level, what you're doing. So recreating why is it that we like men that have broader shoulders? Because mm. they should be able to carry you while the saber-toothed tiger is running after you mm-hmm. and run to the wind, okay? Mm-hmm. Why do we like women that have bigger hips? Well, bigger hips portend a pelvis that's gynecoid yes, and, fertile. you know, it's great for giving birth. So yeah. we're recreating things that don't exist. So my point is, I love to recreate your mind's eye, but let's make your your view of yourself actually match where you are. So we love want it. to make sure that your wellness is in check. Your health I is in check, yeah. not just your, what you look like in the mirror. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Because so we all know sometimes lipo doesn't fix bad habits. I don't habits. know the statistics. Yeah. yeah. I don't I know the statistics, we, but mm-hmm. many women that come for liposuction or some excision have metabolic issues. They have wow. PCOS. Mm-hmm. They have, um cushions they have so many other things and yep. i want to be able to treat them as a gynecologist treat their health yeah help them with things they can't help themselves with like your fat in your midline your midsection the hair that grows on your chin we can do laser for that we can treat you with spironolactone we can treat you with reforming i can do all of that if you come to me and you want liposuction and I fill your belly in this fibroid, hey, sis, we're going to do your liposuction. We're going to take these fibroids out. We're going to make sure that your anemia is corrected. We're going to make sure your vitamin D is optimized. We're going to make sure your diet is optimized for a woman that has fibroids. See you in three to six months. We'll do your liposuction. We'll do your mm-hmm. tummy tuck. Mm-hmm. But you are healthy on the inside. 
You look good on the outside. I want you to have all the good knees. If you are single, find the right man looking snatched and good. If you got a man, you keep him at home looking snatched and good. If you don't want a man, we all good. So Listen, all yeah. of that is sort of my thought is to make sure that we have a comprehensive thought. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do your liposuction and you're out in the wind thinking you look good, but you have a heart attack. Because yeah, that's what's going to happen. We're going to have a lot of people that have nice snatched bodies but are not healthy. But it's already happening. You know, we hear stories of folks who do go overseas and who do do these like extreme, you know, BBLs and liposuction, you know, and then they come back and they have a cardiac arrest or they have a blood clot, you know, because nobody is, nobody's addressing the health side, you know, of the cosmetic surgery that they're going to do. So I'm happy to hear that there is hope, especially for folks who have the thyroid problems, have the PCOS, have the adrenal problems. I think it's really great to just hear this affirmation that I have been dieting, I have been trying for years and there is hope that it's, I'm gonna be able to find a great specialty that that marries the help that I need rather than always kind of feeling bad that, you know, I, I literally had a patient in my office earlier today who struggled with fibroids, you know, and she's had such dis- issues with hormonal dysregulation and she looks pregnant. You know, she's had the myomectomy in the past and it's just reoccurred. And one of the things that she says to me, she says, it's so, it's so sad that a surgeon doesn't want to touch me because when I tell them I want a flat stomach, they think I'm vain, right? They think that I'm not right for, you know, wanting, because she says sometimes the fibroids, when they take the fibroids out, she's got diastasis recti because she has fibroids so large that she looked eight months pregnant at one point in time. So she's, she didn't have diastasis from her pregnancy. She had diastasis from the fibroid and the surgeons did not want to touch her to repair that. They didn't feel like that was a valid reason. In the world, in the world. No, mm. you know, I want to say this, um, very few OBGYNs get any, I, I say this a lot about my specialty. I love, love, love gynecology. I love OBGYN. Um, I do think that the, the specialties need to be separated. And I do think mm-hmm. I've been saying this for a long time. And I do think that the, the training needs to be a bit longer because if they keep them together, right? Um, if, if they separated, I think four years is great because both of these are surgical specialties. Both of oh, these yeah. need a lot. I mean, we just spend so much time learning about OB. If she was talking to an OBGYN and asking the OBGYN to put together a diastasis, when they don't know how to put together a diastasis, yep. we're not yep. trained to put, it's very simple. I did one today, mm. but um, when I was in residence, I wouldn't do that. I would tell you, mm. I don't know how to do that. I wouldn't tell and the, you, you and don't the general, Yeah, and the general surgeon will fix the, they'll fix the hernia repair, right? But they sometimes don't know how to address this abdominal They don't separation. know how to address the diastasis. You need a cosmetic yeah. surgeon or plastic surgeon. There's a difference. I'm a cosmetic surgeon. I am not a plastic surgeon. Plastic surgeons have, more training in reconstruction. They have training in cleft palate, uh, hand surgery, you know, wound care that I don't have any training in. I have, I do breast, face, body. <laughs> that's it. That's it. That's it. I can do <laughs> don't bring your, don't revisions bring your and, and secondary yeah. ones, but I don't do any because, so there's a big difference. Uh, I hope people know that. And there, we have two different boards. We get certified by two different boards love my specialty. My specialty is multidisciplinary, making sure that we pull from different specialties like ENT, bariatric surgery, general surgery, OBGYN, dermatology. And we put together these surgeries to help each other learn more about how to make 
people because we have men, we have non-binary people, we have trans people that we take care of to make sure that people get to, people are have the afforded safe, reproducible, beautiful results. Period. Right. And when you're talking about, you know, one of the, there's a lot of cautionary tales I have to share with, um, with traveling for surgery overseas. Number one cautionary tale is that, you know, I heard, I I watched a lot of these on, on, you know, Mm -hmm. YouTube or whatever. And there was a, a, a news story about a patient who had done a gastric bypass I think she got a gastric, no, sorry, gastric sleeve, which is different. Did a gastric mm-hmm. sleeve in Dominican Republic, mm-hmm. and it was a fraction of the cost. She didn't have insurance, so it was a fraction of the cost of what she would have gotten mm-hmm. in America. Got it done, then came back, did really well. Talked to the colleague of the other person. They said because she wanted a tummy tuck. Now that she's lost weight, now she mm-hmm. she was in the process of still losing weight, which is a no no when you do a. Uh, a tummy tuck because the person hasn't lost all the skin the laxity is still evolving either way she went back three months later and died during her three months and then her 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 sister her sister was online saying was on the news station saying she had no medical problems yeah, I I'm think like, I know the story you're talking about. She had about. no medical problems because <gasps> oh she didn't gosh. have insurance. That so she wasn't seeing a doctor. She did Nobody, not have follow up. Your yeah. metabolism changes a lot whenever you have. She probably had hypertension, diabetes, atherosclerosis, all these other things. That if you didn't have a doctor, you of course, of course, of course you don't have any medical know, you know, problems because yeah. nobody yeah. has ever told yeah. you that. So she was not healthy. She might not have anything on on, on paper. I can guarantee mm-hmm. you, she's not healthy, right? Yeah. So. That's one of the things that happens is that you don't have the same safety checks. There's a reason why safety checks in Miami recently, they had a new um, law that you have to, you cannot have, a surgeon cannot do more than three BBLs in a day. Because what? people were doing six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 10, I don't know nine, ten, but six, seven, eight BBLs. But uh-uh. somebody, a, a woman died after mm. a BBL and it was a surgeon's sixth bbl of the day and so they say there's got to be a limit to how many Mm -hmm. people get bbls because a lot of people move to miami or fort lauderdale because there's a demand there but that means there's a demand there so you're working full time and you get tired you're still a human being and so there's a lot of reasons why there are laws somebody asked me why do why can't you do take out more fat in the state of washington we can only take out five liters of fat Hmm. um out of one patient and so you can take out more but it has to be in a hospital setting most cosmetic surgeons work in a office setting and there's a reason why we need to be able to monitor you five liters is a lot of fat to take out of a short period short you know even if we're taking it from multiple places because you can do liposuction underneath the chin the back of the arms the front bar roll back bar roll back we take it from ankles knees anywhere that has Mm -hmm. fat accumulation and so the reason why we can't do that is because it's not safe to send somebody home after taking more than five liters of fat. It's just what it is. 
because the regulations exist to protect you. And I think people hearing this need to hear it loud and clear is because now, because part of being on social media is also people having access to hearing these weird success stories from the Dominican Republic, from Colombia and all these other countries. And they're not hearing the fact that there's a reason why that won't fly in the States. There's a reason why there's certain regulations. There's a reason why even in certain parts of Europe, there's regulations as well, right? There was, I don't know if you remember a couple of years ago, there was that trend where all these, all these girls were going to Turkey and getting surgery. People are and still going event. to Turkey. And they still, I mean, and I'm talking about because I, I remember um, I followed a girl for a while there, I think on YouTube, and she was documenting, she went back every six months and she would just get more lipo done, more, more implants, get a bigger size. She just was, and they just allowed it, right? Because at the end of the day, that's an economic hustle for them. You get, you get to go back to your home country and they get to deal with you. They don't have to deal with you. You know, they don't so. have to deal with, I mean, we do follow-ups for lipo, just straight lipo, no excision, just straight lipo, one week, three to six weeks. Most of the time wow. it's six weeks. Um, three months, six months, one year, every year. It's covered wow. when you pay for it. Wow. So then, you know, one of my friends who's a plastic surgeon, not a cosmetic surgeon, a plastic surgeon in DC area, was talking recently and he was saying that, you know, patients come to him for revisions he does no revisions mm-hmm. of anybody mm-hmm. that's ever been done outside of the u.s I agree. he just yeah, will not do it go back to where you came from in terms wow. of because he doesn't know the what was done what's underneath yeah. the hood if you're in america there's a there's a set standard of laws so nobody will touch you we have patients that come in they have huge sores fat necrosis mm. the fat is dead it's seeping out of their skin my program director does take care of them, but there are many, many, many plastic and cosmetic surgeons who will say absolutely not because mm-hmm. as soon as they assume you as a patient, they have that liability of something that they did not take care of and that can end their career. And even if it didn't, they could end their, um, their uh, uh, reputation. And yeah. in this, in co- cosmetic surgery, reputation is everything. It's everything, yeah. And you think about how much you work so hard to get there. So, I mean, I love that you distinguished also, I'm hoping that folks that are listening know really the difference now between plastic surgery and, you know, cosmetic gynecology. And so, Ruthie, if there's anything that you absolutely want the people to know, you know, about the future you, what you're going to be up to, what do you, what should they know about you? Um, so I think we talked a lot. Here's what I want people to know about me. I am, I'm living in my purpose and I want anyone that I come in contact with, whether in person or um, just hearing my voice, I want you to take your time and ask God to show you what your purpose is if you're not already living in it. Mm. And when you do that, realize that everybody that lives in their purpose faces trials and tribulations that people Mm -hmm. who do not live in their purpose will never see so if you um think start going through the bible you think about abraham abraham was sent away from where he was you know in order to achieve his purpose you know if you think about and actually actually let me since this is really women-based let's talk about women right the women that are were in 
Esther was asked to move into a palace. She did not, that's not where she knows. It's not a familiar place. We might all be like, I want to move into a palace, but do you know what palaces entail? Do you know how your everybody's eyes are on you all the time? You have to be perfect. We don't know those type of things. Ruth was asked to leave her, her where she knows and go with someone who wasn't even her mother-in-law and go yeah. to a place where she had, mother-in-law did not have a husband for her. Mm-hmm. She had no kids and she had to go and do manual labor in somebody mm-hmm. else where she could have been chilling in her dad's house and met another man and married him, mm-hmm. right? Whenever you're living in your purpose, it entails a lot of sacrifice it is not easy, but it is the only thing that you can look back in your life and say, yes, yeah. I did it. So if you're 24, you're 44. If you're 16 or you're 80, you need to leave this life. having li- lived the purpose that God has for your life. And it's never too late. It is not too early. You don't require anything but faith. Hmm. Because the day I made the decision, I remember that day because I remember getting a bank alert from that my account had dropped less than $25. I was a resident. I was getting paid on Friday. I think it was a Thursday. I was down to my last $25, but I was still sitting there writing obscene numbers. The numbers I was writing, <laughs> Big I dreams. behind it. Mm, Asking mm. God, this is what I want. Yeah, because yeah. Your, your God is not limited, limited by your limitations. Yep. Your God is not limited by your vision or lack thereof. Mm-hmm. And if you don't write it down, if you don't write your vision down, he said, my people perish because of the lack of vision. Write down your visions. Mm-hmm. Write it down. Ask God to show you. If this yeah. is too small, God, expand my vision that I might grow. Okay? And when you are, the Bible uses a lot of farming um analogies because as somebody who's living in your purpose you are definitely like a seed you get buried for an obscene amount of time people pee on you people rain on you it's dark it's lonely it's scary and you are pushing through your outer shell it's painful to lay down roots Mm. but the foundation that you need is that is the foundation that is when you're when people talk about you know disappear for six months and come back and shock the world there's a reason for it That's isolation right. is where you grow and then you shoot out and as you shoot out there you could be plucked up you could be you know mowed over and you got to start all over but yep. your foundation is built on the solid rock that is jesus christ and that stops you from being washed away with the wind yeah. So again, my, my, what I want anybody to know is know your, ask God to show you your purpose. If you don't already, don't already know what it is. If you're living in your purpose, know that it involves a lot of trials and tribulations. Yeah, and right. as you are starting off, prepare to be buried, prepare to be alone, prepare for it not to be glamorous, sexy, or Instagrammable. Know that your God is going, as long as your foundation is in the immovable, unshakable, you know, everlasting, omnipotent, omnipotent God, nothing will 
move you. So I'm super excited that you listened in today. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. In order to get in contact with me, feel free to follow me on Instagram at TriggeredPT. We're also on TikTok now. Woohoo! Um, also, you can send an email directly to me at Dr. Yeni. That's D-R-Y-E-N-I at TriggeredPT.com. Please note that everything discussed here is not to replace medical advice. Seek out a practitioner if you do have urgent needs. Thank you so much. See you guys next time.